Oh yeah. Get that shoulder action going. Come on, Nate. You got it in there. <laughs> good morning, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, everyone out there in Facebook, YouTube, and podcast land. We are so excited to come to you with another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show, right? We may be the only one, but that still means that we're your favorite. So That's there right. you go. <laughs> I'm Lauren Musica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Again, it's such a great joy for us to be together with you this Friday. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's great that you're joining us now on the podcast. You know, we try to really focus on talking about the issues going on in the pro-life world. What can we do to not just change laws, but change hearts and minds on this preeminent issue of the cause of life? That's right. So prayer news, stories, a special interview, tips, prayer, it is all right here, folks. This week, we are reversing some of our segments because our special guest had to join us at the bottom of the hour. So we're going to do a little bit of a switcheroo, but stay tuned. Everything is going to be in the show as it normally is. We're just going to take you a little bit of a different route. Uh, big news. This show is now a podcast. I actually went to Podbean the other day and was able to select last week's episode, and that's super exciting. So okay. if you're like me, where you walk your puppy dogs in the evening and you know you want to listen to a podcast, you can totally do that. Not that you couldn't do that before. It just makes it a little bit easier, right? That's right. I listened to it on Podbean, and then I found it on Spotify. It'll also be available on all the other platforms. So make sure that you look for this, um, this show as a podcast and subscribe or follow it so that um, you can find it each and every week. That's right. And remember, your mama told you that if you don't have something nice, don't say anything at all. So those of you that have something nice to say about the show, leave us a five-star review. It helps push it out there, right? We do want other people to know about what's going on in the pro-life world, right? Because we always give you a couple of headlines and then encourage you with a story, with a tip, with a devotional and all that. So if you want other people to partake of the fun and the goodness, please help us with a five-star review and subscribe and share. Uh, all of that helps. So. Uh, Nate, how are things in the great state of Florida this morning? Yeah, things are really good in Florida. Um, it's been super steamy, but it's finally, we've got a little bit of a break. Um, I walked the dog late last night and it was only in the, you know, seventies with a, with a real feel or heat index in the eighties. So we're finally coming down just a tad bit. I'm sure we'll go right back up, but there's a few storms out in the ocean brewing. So give us a little bit of relief for hopefully a week or so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we were like at 106 yesterday. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? No, no. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. And somehow global warming spikes between the, uh, the, the months of June through August, right? As the Babylon Bee put so well. So, so hilarious. <laughs> Has been hot, hot, hot lately. So yeah. We'll, we'll hang in there. We'll get through it. First world problems, right? And then That's we'll nice. be going into probably what will be a lovely fall. We have real seasons over here. We have real seasons. I don't know about yeah, on the, on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side of all that, um, one of the ladies who works with me, Melissa in Michigan, was letting our team know that yesterday morning she had visited her sidewalk there in Grand Rapids for a little bit. And it was like icy, rainy, cold. That's so weird. it's like a total flip side. I think it was yeah. just that it was so rainy that it was cold. It wasn't that the temperature was really cold, but right. yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. You never know. You never know. So, all right. Well, how about we get rolling? Nate, you want to open us okay. in a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. 
Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be together this morning. God, I pray that you would um, just really be with us today, that we would experience your peace, that we would experience your tangible just nature with us today. Holy Spirit, be real to us. We pray for all of those who are actively working today in the pregnancy help movement, whether that's on sidewalks across America at abortion and abortion referral facilities, whether that's in pregnancy help resource centers, and wherever they may be as they have conversations about life. God, I pray that you would continue to change hearts and minds on this great issue, the issue of the preborn children. God, I pray for those who are healing after abortion experiences today, and God, that you would touch them and that you would help them. And God, we pray and we pray for all of those who have survived abortion attempts, and we pray that they would also see the value and the healing that they so, you know, they so deserve as well. God, I just thank you for all that you're doing. We just continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. By the way, we have to acknowledge our audience this morning. We know the podcast folks can't see this, but we've got lots of good morning. We even got a buenos dias in there. Look at that. In every language, in every language. Yeah, so absolutely. If you're watching on YouTube this morning or if you are on Facebook, go ahead and throw a comment. If you want to share where you are today, you can share that too. Um, we love the interaction. Yeah, that's right. All right. Here is what's going on in the pro-life world. Our first headline of the week, court ruling stopping mail order abortions could cut abortions 15% and save prospectively 140,000 babies. So a federal appeals court issued a ruling putting safety regu regulations back on the dangerous abortion pill to help protect the life and health of women. Although the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals did not take the dangerous abortion pill off the market, so that's important to know that at least in the immediate sense, yeah. nothing has changed changed. One aspect, one aspect of its decision could result in saving the lives of tens of thousands of unborn children or even more. So the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals e issued a decision Wednesday in Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine versus U.S. Food and Drug Administration that found the FDA must restore critical safeguards for chemical abortion drugs. What a concept, right? The appeals court condemned the improper FDA approval process for the drug and restored strict limits on the drug meant to protect women's health that the Biden administration removed. But the appeals court went further. The court ruling prohibits abortion businesses from sending chemical abortion drugs through the mail, which the FDA had been allowing since 2021, in direct violation of longstanding, longstanding federal law. If upheld by the Supreme Court, the ruling will put a massive dent in the mail order abortion business. Now, that's a big deal because abortion businesses inside and outside the United States are breaking the law and putting women's lives in danger by selling and mailing abortion pills to women across the United States without doctor consultation. And side note, if a woman is dealing with an ectopic pregnancy, this could become a very dangerous situation, right? Dangerous abortion pills are killing babies in pro-life states as these companies circumvent abortion bans that are in place in pro-life states to support pregnant women and protect their babies from abortion. If the ruling is upheld next year at the Supreme Court, it could stop perhaps 15% of all abortions nationwide, protecting countless unborn children. Wow, wow, wow. So here we go. We've got a ruling from the Fifth Circuit. And thanks to our producer, if you are watching live right now, and it, the visual component here, we've got a map of the United States. And uh, what he threw up there are the boundaries of the United States Court of Appeals and the United States District Courts, right? And so 
the the Fifth Circuit is where I'm located. So this is an important decision. But basically what everybody needs to know is that this is setting up a showdown at the Supreme Court. So nothing has right. changed in the immediate sense mm -hmm. to how the abortion pill operates across the United States. Right, Nate? That's our understanding. That's right. um, but, you know, we are teeing this up for the Supreme Court to look at. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because this is the most prevalent form of abortion in the United States. And a good number of uh, the abortion pills are being mailed to women and, and they're being sent across state lines into abortion restricted states as well. So this is just going to be a fascinating case to watch. Yeah, it really is. And it's really amazing. And it's the right decision for the Fifth Circuit to issue this ruling this week. You know, there is, like Lauren, you're saying, longstanding tradition, longstanding, like, you know, um, practice throughout the U.S. in how this medication is used and being sent through the mail in the ways that it is has really broken those rules. This is a big step to kind of begin to restrain the abortion access to um, abortion causing drug access across America. And again, like you noted, uh, specifically when it talk when we talk about the states that are more abortion restricted, right? Yeah. But these pills are making their way into their states anyway. So it's a really important decision. It's an important case. We should all continue to watch it closely. And you know, setting up a showdown at the Supreme Court is always interesting. And, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what the next steps are. But it's a really yeah. important case. Yep. Fascinating. Fascinating. All right, Nate, I'm really excited about this next headline. I cannot confirm or deny whether or not when I was putting together this outline, I was uh, secretly thrilled that I was handing it to you. So. Absolutely. Well, I always love talking about Texas. Lauren mm. wants to always call Texas the promised land. I don't necessarily completely disagree, but I love Florida <laughs> too. So our second headline does deal with Texas. And it's a really powerful one. Texas lawsuit could bankrupt Planned Parenthood, make it pay $1.8 billion for Medicare fraud. The state of Texas has asked a federal judge to fine Planned Parenthood more than $1 billion for filing thousands of fraudulent Medicaid claims over multiple years. Allegations the same Planned Parenthood affiliate has settled in the past. With, but with interest and fines and penalties, Planned Parenthood has warned the total could be a whopping $1.8 billion, inflicting devastating consequences for the abortion change chain and potentially causing it to shut down its operations in the Lone Star State. Come on, Darn. Texas. Texas wants their money back, right? <laughs> so the Texas, Texas initiated the process to completely defund Planned Parenthood from Medicaid all the way back in October of 2015. After an undercover video from investigative journalist David Delayden featured an Austin area abortionist joking about dismembering babies and discussing Planned Parenthood's harvesting and sale of aborted baby body parts. By December of 2016, the commission notified Planned Parenthood, of Planned Parenthood affiliates that they would no longer be eligible to receive state Medicaid payments. Instead of filing an administrative appeal, Planned Parenthood sued the state in court and tempor temporarily prevailed. But the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the lo lower court and ruled in the favor of Texas back in December of 2020. During that time, Planned Parenthood received $10 million in funds for Medicaid claims that the state says should have never been filed. 
So now Texas wants their money back and they want it with a whole bunch of interest. This is a fascinating case as well. Again, another case that um, has a component that had gone to the Fifth Circuit at one point. Texas is saying, look, we told you you couldn't bill Medicaid for abortion. You continued to do it. We, we know there was a lawsuit going on, but you should have known better. Now that we won, we want all that money back. We want it with all kinds of interest. So I think it's fascinating. We'll have to see how it plays out. But again, I think it just goes back to the reality that these states that have a more life focus, right? These states that are more abortion restricted, they don't want their money being used to kill preborn babies. And so Texas is saying, no, we don't want you to do that. We told you you couldn't do it. You did it anyway. We now won the case. Now we want all our money back. Yeah. I, this is just awesome. <laughs> I mean, that must have been so much fun to read, right? Yeah. Like. This is how you get it done. This is how right. you get it done and push back against the abortion industry. So I'm just like, you know, I was a pretty happy Texan to this point, but now I'm like glowing, right? I probably was glowing before, like annoyingly so. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh, if so you could funny. see this, if you're out in podcast land and you could see what our producer just put on the board, this is just too funny. Welcome to Texas. And it looks like the Red Sea is part and uh, God's people are crossing over into the promised land. <laughs> this is the best. I, I need that picture. I'm going to need to put that on her wall. That's going to be her new right. wall art. It's going to be a picture of, you know, the Red Sea parted and it's saying, welcome to Texas. Although I have one question. It looks like they're actually crossing over into Utah or something like that. It just, <laughs> or maybe El Paso. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe El yeah, Paso. El Paso. Okay. We'll, we'll take that. <laughs> and Megan in the comments. Oh, Megan, you hurt my heart. I totally understand though. I can tell you that Illinois is definitely not the promised land. Fair, Megan, but yeah. with God, all things are possible, including making Illinois pro-life someday. Don't give up, sister. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that that is such a really interesting part of American history right now, right? Mm -hmm. That we have these states that because of the Dobbs decision, because we no longer live under Rowan Casey, that states can make that decision based on their elected legislators and how their state wants to draw those lines on protecting life. And, yeah. you know, what Lauren and I have been saying, and I think it's so important, is that because of the Dobbs decision, there is the chance that every state could be pro-life. That's right. That's we right. have that opportunity, and we have to keep working there. Now, I know there's a lot of other arguments about, does the Constitution protect life you know, in the womb anyway? And, and there's a lot of arguments sure. going on. But at yeah. least at this juncture in history, we know that states can now protect life. They need to determine where they want to protect life at. And so mm -hmm. we should encourage our states like Illinois and New York and California continue to pray that something would begin to change, that there could be, um, you know, a changing tide in even those most pro-abortion states. That's right. And keep in mind, too, that if we ever wanted to ratify, if we ever wanted to, to uh, amend the Constitution and add a, a constitutional amendment recognizing personhood for the unborn, we don't need every single state to do that. That's right. Yep. And so, you know, we can drag California, Illinois, Oregon, Washington with us someday if we have to, right? But, you know, it really is good news that even at this point in history, about half the states have have passed some sort of restriction on abortion. And so they're having to acknowledge the sanctity of human life in that there's a door open and we just need to keep running through it. And of course, don't give up in Illinois, California and beyond. There's still hope. There's still hope because people still have the capacity to recognize truth. 
that's a principle in, in natural law, right? That as we take our inherently logical case to the people with God's grace, we're going to win over hearts and minds. So we've just got some more work to do. But <laughs> Diane in the comment says, not Texas born, but got here as fast as I could. Amen, <laughs> Diane. One day that'll be Nate too, but we'll see. No, so. it won't be, but that's okay. <laughs> we need him in Swing State, Florida. <laughs> yeah, we need you in Florida. That's right. So. Listen, folks, I hate winter. Like more than anything in the world, I hate winter. So I'm very happy to not experience winter here in Florida. (laughs) We may get these crazy ice storms. You have power outages because it's too cold. I mean, I'll just stay here. I'll take her. That's weird. That was weird that that happened a couple years ago. Just just for the record, that doesn't usually (laughs) happen. So. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, we're having a great time today. This is a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and um, bring up a victory story. And I have a really unique story I'd love to share with you guys today that is fresh. It's hot off the press. It just happened um, just this week. Um, We were able to hear from one of our advocates who um, is blessed to be able to travel um, across a couple of states. He's in Texas most of the time, but also goes up to New Mexico. And just this week, He was on the sidewalk in New Mexico, and he was able to interact with a young couple who had driven all the way, not just from Texas, but all the way from Houston, Texas. They had driven all night long, all the way across the state of Texas into New Mexico and into Albuquerque. And he was able to interact with them on that morning. I believe it was Wednesday morning and was able to have some conversation with them. And after, you know, after some of that time and the resources that he had provided them, they decided that they were not going to go through with their abortion, though they had driven all night long to get there. Mm-hmm. What an incredible moment and what an incredible answer of prayer that they could have that discussion with him, that moment of thinking about their decision and making a decision that they were not going to continue with their abortion appointment. And the opportunity that we have because of the network that we've built to make sure that they have resources along the way in Texas as they head home. What was so amazing about the story is that it once again highlights the power of prayer in everything that we do. Lauren and I had just been in Houston the day before on Tuesday. We had been in Houston. We had met with some um, incredible ladies that were meeting with us that they have a weekly Bible study and we met with them. And in that time of us talking about Sidewalk Advocates for Life, there was some prayer time as well for Texas women, for Houston women, and for abortion to end. And look at that correlation that we had that time on Tuesday afternoon. And then Wednesday morning, the sidewalk advocate was out there in Albuquerque, had this incredible encounter with this couple who had driven all the way directly from Houston. And he was able to resource them and to solve their crisis, right? We talk about being crisis interventionists. That's what he was able to do. He was able to be a crisis interventionist that morning on the sidewalk. And they chose to continue their pregnancy and head back home. Mm-hmm. So what an incredible victory story. I hope that that ministers and blesses you today. Oh, I just love that. You know, Nate, you said this when we found out about this particular victory this week, that just, again, the day before we had, or no, the day of, right? Is it the day before? No, the day before. We had been there with them the day before. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So we had been with these prospective ministry partners, these beautiful women in Houston that had invited us into their, their weekly Bible study to hear about how they could help ministries like ours. And 
they had prayed over our ministry that they had even acknowledged the the incredible spiritual battle that sometimes we are a part of yeah. as individuals and then in the ministry as a whole and they said we really need to pray for these people we really need to pray over them we need to pray over all their intentions right and then the next day we find out specifically that a couple from houston texas had driven all through the night to albuquerque and met one of our sidewalk advocates and was moved to go home was moved to choose life yeah. and go home so, uh, and nate said this and i completely agree our prayers in that one meeting were answered yeah. and so literally the the hostess one of the hostesses of the event i actually picked up the phone and called her on my way back to dallas because i live in dallas right not not houston but i get i go to houston a lot i've got family there and we've had ministry partner events there as of late so i'm driving across texas and i pick up the phone and i call ann and I was just able to tell her about this victory and she was over the moon. And I said to her, you know, some people might look at this and, and they might say, oh, that's, that's just another, I mean, I don't know that anybody's really saying this, but you know, right. people are tempted to be like, that's another victory that you, 20,787, you know, baby saved number 20,787. Right. But what I told her was it never gets old. Like it right. never gets old. I mean, I do remember that very first turnaround in Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I was just over the moon, right? I was like, it was worth it for that one right there. And I still, as we get baby pictures of some of the children that were spared through the ministry of Sidewalk Advocates, I always have the thought, if nothing else, Sidewalk Advocates for Life was formed for this one. That's right. She would have been worth it. He would have been worth That's it. Right. That's how Jesus looks at us and in, in giving his life for us, right? You alone would have been worth it. Um, right. But here we are, nine years later, 20,787-ish <laughs> turnarounds, right. right? And then we just celebrated... I think it's worker number 87 who just left the business and then abortion facility closure or abortion. We include abortion referral facilities in that as well. We're up to 48 and 49 is pending right now. Actually, 50 is pending right now, too. That's so right. anyways, I share all of that because in this battle, it can feel like we're just kind of clawing for the next thing and the next thing. But the reality is, is that when God's people show up, miracles do happen right? This is 100%. who our Lord is, is he, he is a God of transformation. We see that in the story of the cross, right? Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty tomb. I love that line, right? So it's just beautiful. Anyways, we could go on and on, but I'm just so thrilled. I'm so thrilled with, with what has happened here and, um, and never gets old and never gets old. So that's right. It's great. All right. Well, I have the tip for the week and Here's something fun. I actually trained and I do this every year. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they'll invite me back again next year, but at least for a while, I'm the person that's done this every, every year. Uh, Students for Life of America every August has a national pro-life gen, meaning generation, sidewalk day. And it happens to be this Saturday. So if you would pray over all these students in dozens of locations who are getting ready to go out and to reach out with gift bags and life-affirming options and just really love on these women and families who are going into abortion, abortion referral facilities. Uh, I know they'd appreciate that. I know that would mean a lot. Um, so my tip is actually something that we talked a lot about in the training last night. So I did about an hour training to the student leaders and 
you know, that training is going to ripple out through the students. They recorded it and uh, I had props with me. <laughs> so let me see if I can do this. Now, those of you out in podcast land are not going to be able to be with us here in the visual component, but I will try to describe what is going on as I uh, play Vanna White with some of this, right? So by the way, side note, Vanna White is like, she's part of the American culture. I think everybody knows what that means. If not, go look up Wheel of Fortune and Vanna White and you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. So we talked about last night, among many other things, materials, materials. What do you need to accomplish your mission on the sidewalk? And honestly, this is just being out in the culture. You need to have a couple of these things on hand so that you know how to service someone's situation. At the very least, giving them a website, giving them a referral to the, to the Pregnancy Resource Center. These are vehicles that I'm getting ready to show you that get women into the arms of someone who can do the ongoing crisis management. So what I want to talk about first is this incredible material of a gift bag. It's not rocket science. Uh, but these gift bags, when we make these up with a lot of love and some good time and thinking about what women love and, and, and how, you know, this can break the ice, uh, I've literally seen these gift bags save lives. So there's a tutorial online as far as how to put one of these together. And I'm getting ready to play show and tell here in a second. But you can go to sidewalkadvocates.org slash gift bags with an S sidewalkadvocates.org slash gift bags. Okay. So it'll walk you through how to put one of these together, at least in our humble opinion, what we've seen work. So here is one of those gift bags that I showed off last night to the students. And what I love to do with my gift bags is put a coupon on the outside that says right away, here's where you can go for help. Here's, you know, your local pregnancy resource center. Cause again, as sidewalk advocates, we're doing crisis intervention. We want to get her into the arms of someone who can do that ongoing crisis management to continue to help her to choose life, right? Cause there is a risk that she'll go back home into all of the pressures that brought her there in the first place, even if she chooses life with us on the sidewalk. And we want to continue to journey with her, walk with her. We, we do that as sidewalk advocates. It's just that regardless, right? Even if we do serve as one of those people in her life, uh, we want to get her into the arms of those who are trained in ongoing crisis management. And that's our pregnancy resource centers. You can go to optionline.org to find the one nearest you. So anyways, on this coupon, we've got our pregnancy resource center. We highlight the free services, pregnancy tests, sonogram, options, counseling. And then I love to put a heartfelt note on the outside of the bag. So it's like, you know, sometimes when you get a bag or you get something from somebody, you're tempted just to kind of throw it on the floorboard or <laughs> stuff it in your purse or something. I want this to be something that draws her in right away. Uh, we've even experimented with gift bags where it's not open on the top. It's closed. And I, at least I was seeing women when the bags were closed, sealed or something, right? Or it wasn't easy to look inside. They were just kind of tossing them into the corner of their car. I'm like, no, I want her to look at this right away. And then we tuck in our pregnancy help literature. This one is obviously in Spanish. And we we have a space, at least on our literature, and some of the, the other really good ones out there have it as well, where you can put, uh, again, the information to the Pregnancy Resource Center, address, phone number, hours, right? And so th these are powerful pamphlets. You can get uh, pamphlets from your local pregnancy resource center a good amount of time. 
Uh, otherwise, if you're with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, we provide these resources for you through our leaders. Um, or, you know, I know Students for Life has some some great stuff. Uh, one of our program advisors, Pro-Life Action Ministries, has some good stuff that you can access publicly. So again, there's some different possibilities. Heritage House, right? And then you want to sprinkle this bag with things that women love. And so travel size items, uh, candy. Uh, the attorney in me wants to tell you, do not make homemade food and put it in here. <laughs> because if somebody gets sick from that, they can turn around and sue you. Okay. So there's, this is not legal advice. This is just common sense, right? Off the top of my head here. Okay. So that's the gift bag. That's our life-saving literature. That's our coupon. It covers so many things there. Now, if you are not able to make up a gift bag, then you can go ahead and just, you know, bring out pamphlets that have this information. And you want to point that out like crazy, right? Here's where you can go for help. We'd love to help you. It can save you so much money. We've got free services, right? Women, when they're considering abortion, they're going to need those services on the front end. They're going to need a pregnancy test blood work, right? They're going to need some of these things. And so can we, as the people of God, as people of faith and conscience, as people who love life and love her, can we offer that through our pregnancy resource centers for free? What a great service. And then uh, we've got fetal models, right? When the conversation turns to baby and we go through in our training when it's especially helpful to do that, we can bring out a fetal model and talk about fetal development and give her some markers of life at the stage that she's at in her pregnancy. The other thing that I love is a safety reflector vest. And so if you're at a driveway inviting cars to stop on the public right-of-way of the driveway, right, which can 99% of the time, at least as I travel the country, driveways into abortion facilities tend to have some decent public right-of-way where you can invite cars to stop and hand them life-saving information. Um, we love these because it says, hey, I'm a trained professional. You stand out from the road. Safety is paramount when you're doing this. Go ahead and even wear this at the fence. You know, if you've got a partner at the driveway and somebody else at the fence to catch people, um, you got it covered, which is great, right? Um, and we can help you brainstorm based on your unique public right-of-way what the best setup would be. And then we've got a sign for a free pregnancy test sonogram. Uh, this is great in the hands of a prayer partner. This is great in the hands of a sidewalk advocate that's not at that moment reaching out to people who are coming in. And so that can reinforce that offer of help. I love to have it a little bit down the sidewalk so, so that when somebody is driving in, it kind of registers that there's help available. So by the time she's invited to stop at the driveway, she's already putting together that you know, based on the quality of the sign, based on the offering, this is for her, this is professional, this is going to serve her situation. So in the small amount of time that we have to communicate something on the sidewalk, I like to get away from signage that makes a political statement or, you know, some sort of general statement about abortion. Let's focus on reaching her, right? Uh, Elizabeth in the comments just put, our certified sidewalk advocates love sporting the blue vest. Yes. Um, so it really does make a difference. And it really says again to that woman, I'm a trained professional and even more so, hello, I'm here, right? I stand out from the road. And so that's even more of an invitation to stop. So, all right. Well, thank you for letting me do a little bit longer of a show and tell. I wanted to go over some of our basics and materials. Awesome. I know we're getting ready to go into our interview segment here in just a second. But uh, yeah, these are important things. And even when I'm out and about in the culture, I'll usually tuck in literature to my purse and I have used it. I have actually used it out and about. You never know when you'll encounter somebody who needs help, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. I love it. Thanks, yep. Lauren. All right. We are so blessed and excited to have on the morning show this morning, Melissa Odin of the Abortion Survivors Network. How about a round of applause for Melissa? Morning, y'all. Good morning. It is so good to see you. So good to have you. Oh my gosh. I feel like every time I see you, you're in an interview or you're on stage or, I mean, God is just doing so many powerful things through you and Abortion Survivors Network. So thank you, Melissa, for all the great work that you do. Um, just again, for those that are not acquainted with you and your great work, can you take a moment to share a little bit about yourself, Melissa, and who is the Abortion Survivors Network? Yes, yeah, so we're essentially sort of a baby nonprofit in the grand scheme of things. People recognize my name uh, because I've been involved in the pro-life movement for about 16 years now. Uh, what brought me to the pro-life movement is a personal story, like it is for many people in the movement. But my story is that I am one of the babies who survived my own abortion. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be 46 soon. Let's just say that. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're spring chicken. Spring chicken. There you go. I wisdom, right? Age and wisdom. Um, super <laughs> thank you about that. But, you know, 46 years ago, my birth mother was somebody who needed you all on the sidewalk. Mm. She was forced into St. Luke's Hospital in Sioux City, Iowa. And, you know, sometimes people want to think that her story and my story are so very rare, but you all know, because you see women like my birth mom, you hear about the children like me, her family were the ones that were forcing her into that hospital for the abortion. She was 19, a college student, unmarried. You know, it obviously made it more accessible to them is that my grandmother was a prominent nurse. She worked there in the hospital with the OB who was either delivering babies or aborting babies. So essentially that's what allowed it to happen. I soaked in a toxic salt solution of that abortion for five days even longer than the standards of the procedure. And sadly, they started to think my birth mother was gonna lose her life. And so, you know, I want people to always recognize, yes, the intent is always for the baby's life to end, but it endangers the life of the woman. You know, thanks be to God that abortion did not succeed in ending my life. We'll never really know why, except abortionists usually don't know how far along a woman really is. And so I was probably 31 weeks when I was delivered alive in the final step of that abortion procedure, not 18 to 20. Wow. Wow. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, and that's what leads to the abortion survivors network. You know, most survivors and women who are experiencing failed abortions and stopped abortions and even reversing their abortions, right? We live in this culture that hides the truth, that silences and shames any voice that goes against the narrative of abortion as a choice and a right. So over the years, you would see a handful of us share our stories, but most think they're the only one. And after being in the pro-life movement for so many years, I kept praying, you know, Lord, gosh, could you bring somebody who would do something for survivors <laughs> like me and our mental health? Yeah, Nate's laughing. You know where this goes every time. You know, somebody who can serve my population. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the best I can, but the, the gas tank is empty. And suddenly in 2019, I woke up when New York was lighting up pink and the nation was on fire with abortion. And God went, it's been you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That is so powerful. Is oh so my goodness. Powerful. It's so right. powerful and it's so important, right? So we're, I mean, we're, we are just so honored by your yes. We're so honored by what you guys are doing and just the incredible work that it is. 
you know, Lauren and I have been talking and again, talked about this recently about the reality that every child who survives um, an abort, a chemical abortion where abortion pill reversal is successful right now, the over 4,000, at least that that does qualify them right as being a part of being an abortion survivor. Can, can you speak to that and how your ministry is really getting ready to continue to grow and be a blessing to children and mothers who have walked that very unique road? Mm. Yeah. Like I think most pro-life organizations, we thought we knew what might happen when Roe fell, but then our eyes were opened and we had to go back into strategic planning and say, okay, whoa, we're learning a lot. And what we've learned, Nate, is not only that we need to educate even the pro-life movement about who a survivor is. So these are failed abortions, stopped abortions. We're going to be doing a total awareness month in September where people can listen to a webinar where I say, right, here's who an abortion survivor is. Here are these terms. Here's who a survivor is. Here's what women typically do. And know the history. The history is bad, y'all. I'm not even going to pretend like this is all pretty, right? The beauty is the survivors who are alive, but our history is full of the Kermit Gosnells and infanticide and survivors being used as research. It is terrible, but we need to face our history to know what's happening right now. But what we've learned is that even after Roe, not only do we need to talk about survivors being successful abortion pill reversals and reaching those moms, because we hear from those moms, but we also need to be identifying that women are taking the abortion pill even earlier on in their pregnancy, right? Thanks to a culture that says, stockpile your abortion pills, be scared. So they're taking them early and they have even further along in their pregnancy right now as we wait for that Supreme Court ruling, right? But they have further to have uncertainty to figure out if they're still pregnant. You guys, we're celebrating our first baby being born earlier this week. His name is Bofello. Mom took abortion pills back in March. Like most women was told the abortion had worked, right? You leave, you're good. Months later, she had a horrible pain in her stomach, thinking she had GI issues, went back to the doctor. Surprise. Wow. And we are hearing from these women every week, you know, pregnancy centers, 70% recently said they know women are coming to their centers trying to confirm if their abortion succeeded. Really? Tell you about the people on the sidewalk. Wow. 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 That is powerful. So important to know. I I didn't even realize that. Like I hadn't even gotten my mind around that particular population going to the pregnancy resource center and what an opportunity to minister no matter where she is in that journey. Right. So Melissa, you're going to be a speaker and sponsor at the national sidewalk advocacy conference. And it's hard to believe in just six weeks. (laughs) joining a panel to discuss how to help others heal after abortion. And I just think Mm -hmm. it's so perfect to have you on this panel because I've often thought that because of your unique perspective, you can help provide healing in such a unique way. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that opportunity, you know, speaking into that and what people can expect, you know, maybe highlights of, of your presentation? Yeah, I think people are going to learn a lot about how we don't just do advocacy, right? People think of the Abortion Survivors Network and they go, oh, man, isn't it so cool? And they show up before Congress. Yeah, cool. But in order to get to that point, people need healing. And so that is what we specialize in. You know, we are now wanting people to understand where there is life, there is hope. That's our message. Where there is life, there is hope. Beautiful. And that is apparently a threat to the abortion industry because... (laughs) 
right? Because they don't, they don't uh, exactly exactly capitalize on life and hope, right? It's a right. Most of their words don't model. usually go together for that. Right? Yeah. And, and that's the beauty. That's what we are in the work of. Because when we can come alongside, along with you, right, where we can reach a woman and say, hey, you want to reverse your abortion or you had an abortion that failed and you are afraid. You're unsure about what your child's life is going to look like. You're afraid for your life. Maybe everything that was leading you to the abortion is still a problem, right? There's yeah. still hope. So that's where the first part of healing comes in, right? Is meeting that woman to say, hey, you are not alone. There is hope. We're going to help you. And then for us in particular, we offer specialized groups. So I have two social workers now. They work with moms who are pregnant to support them throughout that journey because there's highs and lows, right? So many fears. And it doesn't end when baby is born because you come face to face with what you attempted to do. And that journey starts all over again. Right. So we're in it long term with moms to say you are not alone. So one on one support. We offer support groups for these moms, even moms who are having reversals. So those moms are served by us. We also have support groups for adoptive parents. We had an adoptive family just recently who said, man, we adopted a 10 month old who survived a chemical abortion. We have an open adoption. We have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to heal those families and we need to reach yeah. the adoption professionals to say, hey, y'all, we need to have a conversation with families so that yeah. they're prepared. Yeah. And so we also heal 10 year old survivors who are dealing with the culture, right? Whenever there's news popping up and people are saying choice and right. And I have little broken 10 year olds saying, what about me? Yeah. We heal adult survivors. We have a specialized healing curriculum. We also train them on how to share their story and stay emotionally healthy and well. We're launching advocates and ambassadors this fall who are those healed and whole people who can help spread this awareness and message. And I suspect you guys are going to see them on the sidewalk because they love doing it. Yeah. So powerful, Melissa. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. You know what? I, I feel this Holy Spirit tap on the shoulder to ask you this um, before we go. Um, let me see if I can find my words here. For women who did choose abortion and, and saw that abortion completed and now are hearing your voice and seeing your group. How has that been for their healing journey to meet you and to hear your voice? Because I would imagine that the Lord in just even beyond what we've talked about today has used you as an instrument of healing in such a powerful way. Not that that's your burden to carry as, you know, the stand in to say something to someone. Of course, Jesus carries that burden. But how has the Lord used you to help women who have gone through a complete abortion process and and they're hearing from the baby who survived the abortion. Yeah, that makes me super emotional, right? Like, it, I will never not be emotional about that. I am humbled yeah. by the opportunity God gives us to, to be that message. Uh, you know, I think the other side tries to shame survivors to go, yeah, you guys make women feel bad. Mm. No. You know what? Yeah. By sharing our stories, the intention is never to condemn. Our intention is to educate and to reach yeah. people. And yes, there are times where it bumps up against something so painful. And But if we speak the truth in love, which is what we're always doing, then that can bring about healing. And so we hear from women consistently, women who want to know if their baby survived their abortion, right? That is a hard, hard place for me to be in. 
uh, because they want to know that maybe their baby survived. But then we hear from the women as well saying, man, I need help, right? Thank yeah. you for speaking truth. And so I can say on behalf of survivors, we love women who have been impacted by abortion. It is complicated yeah. in our biological families, but we love those that are impacted alongside us. This is not an either or us against them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think, um, yeah, you needed to say that out loud. Not that people don't understand that or wouldn't assume that about you, but how powerful it is just to say that out loud. Right. So, you know, I used to work for David B. Wright in 40 days for life. And one of the most beautiful things that he, he would say is that we're creating the constructive tension that's needed for abortion to end. And so as we speak God's truth, it provides opportunities for healing and wholeness. Right. And so that's wh where I see you guys in such probably the most powerful way is being able to give a voice because I had a thought years ago. I thought, you know, it would be so interesting if we could hear from the baby. It'd be so interesting if we, and here you are, you know, that I had, my next thought was we do have that, right? So thank you for using the platform that God has given you to speak so powerfully and, and to help set people free. That's really what you're doing. Help mm -hmm. bring them to the truth. Real quick, if people want to connect with you, Melissa, or find the Abortion Survivors Network, where do they go? abortionsurvivors.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Twitter will be resurrected again soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we will be launching powerful videos. Y'all have never heard from a mom who stopped her abortion publicly. You guys are going to come face to face with that and other people who are impacted by abortions that are stopped or they fail or they reverse them. So subscribe yeah. to our newsletter, be on the lookout for some really amazing things that are happening. And we're just excited to collaborate with you all and be at the conference. Mm, so, uh, so honored. We're so excited. We can't wait. We're so excited. Thank you guys. Thank Thanks you so, so much, much, Melissa. Thanks for being with yeah. us. God bless you. We'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye -bye. So awesome. Oh, that was so great. So good, right? It always Ooh. is. I'm just so amazed and so encouraged by what they're doing and Melissa's voice, Melissa's yes, right? To continue to be one who fights for those who have survived. And um, what an incredible, incredible resource. So mm, thanks again, yeah. Melissa, for being with us. What a great, what a great um, interview. Um, just That's can't right. say enough how great that was. And there's some beautiful comments that are popping up. Thank you all for reflecting on that and, and chatting uh, in the chat, uh, Jeremy said, compassionate words of truth may open a festering wound to allow it to heal. Amen. That's what we're trying to do is help set people free. And we start by, we do that initially by sharing the truth and love, right? Sharing 100%. the truth. And it's, yeah. it's just so needed. So great. Thank you so much. So we're going to go ahead and have our scripture reflection and our prayer time as we close out the show. And Today, I wanted to um, use a scripture that's just been such a powerful scripture for me uh, my whole life. And that's from Joshua chapter one, verse nine. And there's so much more that goes along with this one scripture in that story. But this scripture specifically says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, and this this is about the story of Joshua is, as he's beginning to lead the people of Israel and they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan River to go into the, in, you know, as on their journey to the promised land. And it's a powerful moment in the biblical story of, as you as you see Joshua really listening to God and then taking the steps that God leads him in to have the, the Ark of the Covenant and the priest carrying it walk right into the Jordan River and watch the Jordan River part. 
But I just think that in everything that we do, and, and even in so much of what Melissa was just sharing, this is like a verse that we should all hold on to. It's an idea that is throughout the biblical narrative that we should hold on to, that God is asking us to not be afraid, to be strong, to be courageous, to stand and to watch God win the battles for us. Mm. You know, and, and I don't know if there's a whole lot more courageous um, activities than being a voice for those who have survived abortion, being those who stand outside of abortion facilities and, you know, really encourage men and women to choose life, being courageous in the pregnancy help movement in any capacity, that we would be people that are dedicated to and committed to the reality that God is calling us to, to listen to his voice, to be connected to Jesus, his son, to be moved by the Holy Spirit in our daily life, that we would always be focused on being strong and courageous, not being afraid, not being concerned about the, the tough stuff that may be in, ahead of us. Yes, we got to deal with it, but not being overwhelmed by it, but being those who are stayed on Christ, that are stayed and focused on God and, and say, yes, I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm not going to be dismayed, discouraged. I, I'm going to believe and expect that the Lord, my God, will be with me wherever I go. So this morning, I hope that you will just really think about Joshua and this amazing story. Joshua 1, verse 9. Read the entire chapter of Joshua 1. Go ahead and read Joshua 1 through 3, at least, if you don't have time to go further. It's a powerful story that we should all be reminded of. And with that in mind, if you would, let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the incredible opportunity to be here again this week. Thank you for what you're doing throughout the pro-life, pro-love movement. Thank you for Melissa Oden and the Abortion Survivors Network. Thank you for Sidewalk Advocates for Life and what's happening all across America. God, we thank you for just encouraging us this morning with being strong and courageous, not being afraid or dismayed or discouraged, but knowing that you are with us wherever we go. May we really um, take that to heart today and know that wherever it is that we go, you are there with us that your presence goes with us, that the Holy Spirit is, is there with us. God, I pray that you would continue to guide us and direct us, that you would continue to use us in the amazing, miraculous moments that are happening all across America. God, we thank you for the mothers and fathers who have chosen life recently and throughout our history. We thank you for those who are um, journeying with moms and dads as they have made a decision for life. God, we pray for healing for all of those who have experienced abortion. And we pray that you would continue to give signs to women and men across America who are contemplating abortion, that there might be life-changing moments all across our nation, even today. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, everybody thinks their baby is the cutest, but I have to say, this was an amazing show. <laughs> That's right. It was amazing. So again, where's Lauren going with? Her? I know. I was like, um, "Are you going to show us a baby picture? Is there something about to pop up on the screen?" Oh my goodness! Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to go subscribe to the podcast. That's we'll right, and leave a five star review. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. Have a good one. Yeah.